Welcome to Author Voices On Air, and I'm your host Rick Bell. Our next book is Epilepsy, It's a Killer, But So What? Gavin Hogarth and his mum had just moved out of their old horrible house with the stairs that Gavin kept falling down into their new home, which was supposed to give Gavin a better life than ever. But no sooner had Gavin moved into his new home than he had an epileptic fit and fell to the floor. He heard a loud crack in his foot. Not only had he suffered fractures, but there's a break in his foot uh, from walking on it. The fix required surgery and he knew he wouldn't be allowed to walk on his foot for quite some time. Such is life when you suffer from epilepsy. And joining us now to tell us more about life with epilepsy and this brand new book is my guest today, the author Gavin Hogarth. Welcome to the show, Gavin, and thank you for talking to me today. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Now, this is the second book we've spoken about, and both books are on the subject of epilepsy, which you are yourself a sufferer. This book talks more about how the condition has affected you since, during my introduction, I mentioned you moved from your old house, which had stairs, and you had incidents where you'd fall down stairs and so on, but things haven't fared much better in your new home, and we're going to talk about that in a minute, but tell us a little bit about what inspired you to write this book in particular. Um, what inspired me to write this book was, um, it's just, as I say, an ongoing story, and to let more and more people as possible know the, the story about epilepsy, and to get the word about epilepsy out to as many people as possible. We spoke about this before, but I'll ask you to remind our listeners, when we're talking about epilepsy, and in particular the books that you've written, and we're talking about this book, remind us, who do you write these books for? Who is your intended reader? Who do you think will benefit from these books? Well, ideally, um, younger families who have say the children have only just started with epilepsy and not really know what to expect and then move up to adults obviously and older people Now one experience I know that you have and I know many sufferers of epilepsy experience is people's general attitude and that's maybe too strong a word but it's how people react when they see someone having uh, an epileptic fit or episode. How do you think this book helps those people to understand that the person that they're seeing isn't drunk, hasn't fallen down because they're, they've maybe been taking some other substance? Tell us how the book helps them. Well, as I say, in that book, I hope that I've written a good portion of the book properly into understanding and telling people about and what to expect and not to just judge it straight away about how it's happening from their point of view while the person's on the floor and not just to automatically judge the person as well. 
to give them some information of what to expect and what they're doing on the floor. Absolutely. Now, since we're on the subject of people's response, people's um, the actions that people take and their general attitude, give me a little example of some things that have happened to you, some experience that you've had yourself, where the re- the reaction or response of people around you has either been good or has been negative? Well, as I say, some have been extremely good over the past few years, um, even getting a lot of help in the middle of the floor while you're covered in blood and people come to your aid because they don't know what's happened, but because you're covered in blood, you want to come to your aid sort of thing. And then there's other people who were walking down the street with a can of alcohol in the hands and just presume that you're drunk or necessarily on drugs yourself. Do you think that the public um, perception of epilepsy and how it affects people and so on, do you think it's improved in recent years or do you think there's still a long way to go? I think there's, it's an extreme long way to go, to be honest. That's what gives me the motivation to write my books, is to get as much in- information to the public as possible. Because I don't think the public know as much that you should do. Personally, I'm not saying it's any more important than any other illnesses over the years. But I think it needs addressing much, a lot more. Because not many people know anything about it at all. Now, do you feel that government, local authority, um, the NHS or social services, do you think any of these organisations could do more? And if so, what could they do to make public awareness better than it is? Well, there's a lot of um, television shows in episodes on tellies and you never hear anything about epilepsy. There's always, like, Alzheimer's or something like that. But there's nothing about epilepsy on telly or the radio or anything like that. It's not mentioned in the newspapers. So that's why nobody at all knows anything about it. It's just not mentioned enough. It's not mentioned by the public or anybody like that. So therefore, nobody, not many people know anything about it or what to expect. And that brings me to my next question. Um, we often hear about statistics. And on that topic, how common, um, and if I can put it another way, what percentage of the population, as far as you know, do experience or do suffer from epilepsy? I couldn't give you an exact number on that, to be honest, but I would say it's pretty high. Now, getting back to the book itself, um, it's a book about a particular topic. It's about epilepsy, written by you as a, a sufferer. But if you were asked in one or two sentences to describe this book to our listeners, how would you describe it? Um, the second book is a lot graphic than the first one, but that's only because when we moved into our new bungalow, um, the epilepsy started going up to an extremely high graphic level with more and more incidents happening on a regular basis. So therefore it meant more and more injuries as well happening, which of course there are photographs in the book about that as well. 
Now, talking, um, or should I say, continuing on the topic of the book itself, what will the, the main um, hurdles or the main challenges that you faced uh, when you were writing this book? Now, you've, obviously, you've learned a lot from writing your first book, and that has bound to have benefited you, bound to have helped you. But you must have still experienced some difficulties writing this book. What, what were some of those difficulties? Well, so at first, it was extremely depressing, to be honest, I found, and it took me a long time. I must admit, even for myself, and I'm nobody special, but I just learned to get on with it myself. And like, there's no point start sitting here and just be, oh, can this happen to me? And just pick yourself up and get on with it. And say, well, it's here now. I'm going to have to deal with it myself. And, and there's no point in just thinking, how can this happen to me? And just, it's here. Absolutely. Get off with it and deal with it. Absolutely. Now, on the positive side, um, how has written, writing this book and obviously the book before it, how has writing these books helped you and what are some of the rewards or, or the, the feedback that you get that has helped you as a writer and as a sufferer of epilepsy? Um, I've had a nice review of them so far of both books, I'm pleased to say. I'm extremely happy then, to be honest. After sat there for so long trying to write, what I'm trying to write is just amazing once it gets put into your hands when you've got the book itself in front of you. And it's took you that long to actually get all your thoughts together and put all the pictures in the book that need to be put in. It's just absolutely amazing. I can imagine so. And what kind of response have you had from family and friends? People that you know that have seen the book or read the book? What have they said? Well, family and friends have been very pleased as well. And I've had a, um, a few nice and friendly reviews of people that know me with them um, suffering from epilepsy that I talk to via the internet. And I've bought the book as well. Let's go back a little bit to something I mentioned during my introduction was the fact that you had a fall shortly after you moved into your new home where you're living just now with your mum and uh, you broke your foot. Tell us a little more about that. <laughs> yes, um, I was bro broke my foot as we moved in but with the high pain threshold that I suffered with with me amount of medication I was walking around on the broken foot for four days before I noticed because it swelled up and was bruised so long. And of course I was moving, walking around on one side of my foot to the other side of my foot to my heel. I still didn't feel any pain whatsoever until it blew up and it was all bruised everywhere. And I still walked in the same day to A&E on that one foot before it was classified as broken. And what was the, re the reaction of the the hospital? Well, they took me in that day, and um, the day after that, um, they had to put a screw into the foot because of the um, I had because I was walking around on it so much. They said it was I had to come in and couldn't eat anything. Obviously, before the operation, 
So the day after, I was took straight in, and they put the screw in then. And of course, that would take time to heal and recover, and that would have put you out of action for a while. So how how did you find coping with that? Um, it was I wasn't pleased to be honest. Only for the fact is we'd already paid to go on holiday, and of course we weren't gonna get we weren't gonna get any money back. But it, it we asked about that, and he said, um, "Oh, I'm not too sure when you'd be released." And we had two days before we could go on holiday, and he said, "Oh, yeah, you can go." So we were quite happy that to go and actually go on holiday, so we could um, enjoy ourselves, but. Otherwise, we wouldn't have got any money back for the holiday itself. But at least, the, the if you can say it's a positive side, at least you got some of the holiday, which is a good thing. Um, now, going back to writing, um, you've written two books. We're talking about the second one today. What are your plans going forward as a writer? Um, I've started my third one, but it's a little bit... It's I haven't got that much in it, into it, yeah, I wrote a couple of pages of that, so it might take a little bit of time to actually finish that one, to put it out properly. Okay, thank you for that. Now, in closing, is there anything that we haven't covered during the interview that you would like our listeners to know about this book, or about epilepsy, or about anything that, you know, you feel that it's important to share with us? The only thing I can think of is just to spread the word to as many people as possible about it. And that's certainly straight to the point. And that is valuable and important advice for our listeners. Thank you for that. Epilepsy, It's a Killer But So What is published by Authorhouse and is available direct from the publisher at authorhouse.com forward slash bookstore and all good bookstockists. I would like to once again thank my guest today, the author Gavin Hogarth, for joining me to talk about his second book, and we wish him every success. Thank you, Gavin. Thank you very much. This is Rick Bell for Talking Radio 2.0. Thank you for listening.